0: Welcome back into The Mental Game. I'm your host, Brandon Seho, and this is a solo episode, and it has been a little bit of time since I put out an episode with the guest. I needed my own mental health break to take the mental game to the next level, and I can't wait for 2024, which kicks off with the mental game tour as I am driving to 30 states in 30 days to raise awareness around mental health and meet thousands of you as we try to keep breaking the stigma together. I am so excited. That was a crazy idea I had two months ago that I just kept thinking about when I was trying to go to sleep, and then I routed the the, the tour all across the country, and, and I just said, F it. I'm going to do it. I am going to go to 30 states in 30 days and do something that I don't know if anyone's ever done, but I'm crazy enough to do it, and I'm so excited. It has been a journey already, planning it, but I am so, so excited, thankful, and looking forward to hitting the road here in just a few days and going to 30 states in 30 days on the Mental Game Tour I want to say happy new year, happy holidays, merry christmas and I hope all of you are doing good and well at home and and I just wanted to take the time to say thank you again for helping change my life. This past year has been life-changing. I quit my job, you know, last August. I launched the Mental Game in November and this past year we had 45 episodes. I interviewed some of the, the biggest celebrities and athletes and musicians in the world. It has been just unbelievable for me. And I just want to say thank you again for supporting my mental health journey and the mental game because the community that we are building with this podcast is is so powerful and engaging, and it has truly changed my life for the better, something I could never, ever, ever dream of. And so I'm excited to to keep going and to keep doing this with all of you. And I'll meet so many of you on the tour. I mean, I'm talking at high schools, colleges, games, community events, I can't wait to, to hear your stories as you've listened to my stories with me and my guest. And I just want to say I'm sorry again for for not having episodes here for the past few weeks. Um, I needed my own mental health break. You know, I'd been going every single week since May and had 45 episodes this past year, and I just needed to take some time to to figure out the mental game and where I want to take it, and and work on some new guests and work on the tour and. It, it's going to be an amazing 2024. We're just a day in, but, but I promise you, the mental game is just, it, it feels like this is a defining moment for the mental game. And, and I'm so thankful that all of you going to be on this journey with me. Um, I, I do want to say, if you know anyone that, that is going through a difficult situation or struggling with their mental health, Asking them how they're feeling can can make such a big difference. Sometimes life can be overwhelming. Maybe you just experienced it, you know, with the holidays or or the new year, trying to figure out what that new resolution is. But when we open up with each other and start talking about our mental health, we can always find a path forward and find help with one another. To learn more about how to help someone that may be going through a mental health crisis, visit the Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation website at ohiospf.org. Again, that is ohiospf.org. And I have to, to thank the Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation for supporting the mental game and supporting me. They are a big reason why this is possible. So, so if you're struggling out there, please don't hesitate to reach out for help I I was scared at first to reach out for help, but I had to. And my life has completely changed here in the last two years. And I'm so thankful that I asked for help. Normally, I'm, you know, talking to a guest, letting them tell their story. But on this solo episode, I wanted to tell my story and talk about my life and and what's gone on the past year. Um, You might see me on on instagram or or listen to the podcast or see me at a speaking engagement but you don't really know what's going on and the last year has been a dream come true it's been challenging it's been um, exciting and just like every journey you have your ups and downs and for me this has been the best year of my life, but also the hardest I've ever worked. Um, And I just, like, like just for example, I literally sat down and interviewed Terry Crews for an hour. There's no way I thought that would ever happen in my life. I got to go to, to Kevin Gates concert and interview him and be backstage. And, and I just, it's, it's wild. The things that I'm, getting able to do with this podcast, um, and as much as the, the celebrity interviews or, or meeting some of my favorite people and having these incredible conversations that I hope I know are, are helping save lives and, and, and break the stigma and get some of you talking about mental health when maybe you hadn't talked about it before, but the most impactful thing that I've done the last year is talk with you. For me, my favorite thing about my life now is meeting you at a game, at a, an event, you know, when I come speak at your school or college, or you just stop me on the street and, and say you love the podcast. For me, getting to talk with people because I truly believe talking saves lives has been my favorite part of this whole journey and you know it was cool when people would come up and say hey what'd you think of Joe Burrow this weekend or what about this game or this player when I was a sports supporter but the conversations I'm having now in life are so much more important and impactful you tell me about your suicidal thoughts or your mental health struggles or how maybe you have a loved one or a friend that's struggling or that you've lost a suicide and how what you hear on the podcast or see on Instagram might help you get through your day. And that's the type of stuff that motivates me to put in the the 10, the 12, the 14-hour days driving across the country. Um, you know, for the tour, getting no's all day, every day from LA and New York publicists. The reason I do it is because for someone that's listening, maybe it's you, maybe it's someone you love, you know, we have to talk about this stuff to save lives and to help ourselves. And for me, that's been the most powerful thing is talking to each and every one of you that comes up to me, that messages me, that sends me an email. That is the most incredible part of this whole journey for me. My mental health right now is pretty good. It's not perfect. I still say I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life, and that's true, but you do have tough days. Um, You know, I've run the mental game by myself for a year. And it's been a grind. It's a challenge. I, I I'm busting my ass every single day to make this happen and make the mental gain the biggest mental health podcast out there. But what a lot of you didn't see are those nights where I did cry, and those nights where I did struggle not drinking anymore, or when I had no money coming in, even though I was interviewing these big-time stars or athletes or NFL players or musicians, I spent about two or three months Ubering in Cincinnati. Um, You know, right before I went out to L.A. to interview Terry Crews, the biggest interview I've ever done, two nights before, I'm Ubering in Cincinnati, and it was really embarrassing for me to start doing that. Um, it was like, I felt like a failure almost in my own head and, um, it was hard because I had f- like $500 to my name and I've always been somebody that had struggled with money and, you know, I had a choice to make about three or four months ago. I could... Go get a nine to five or a marketing job or communications job, and try to do this the best I can. Or, you know, start Ubering until four in the morning, Thursday through Sunday, and try to make ends meet so I can afford to fly out and interview Terry Crews and, and hope that interviews like that and the podcast starts paying off, and it did. But man. I felt so sad and low at first Ubering. I was nervous people were going to recognize me. I, I was nervous people were going to ask why. Um, and that did happen. I would say probably in Cincinnati, uh, somewhere maybe about 50% of the people that got in the car recognized me by the end because I was a sports supporter in Cincinnati. And... Um, I was always out in the community, and at first it kind of like, it scared me a little bit and made me um, self-conscious of what people were going to think about the podcast and if I was failing, Um, because what you saw on the internet wasn't always the real me. Um, You saw me next to, you know, Nate Burleson or Kevin Gates or Kate Flannery and, and then I was Ubering you to the bar. Um, but I learned to 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 love it because I don't talk to people a lot anymore. I know that sounds crazy for me to say out loud because I'm a podcaster and I talk for a living. But when it comes to like, um, you know, I don't go out. I, I don't drink anymore. Um. I don't party, so, like, I don't socialize a ton. I just work my ass off on this. But after the first couple weeks of Ubering, I started to like talking about my life, but more importantly, the people that I was driving, my Uber riders' lives and their mental health. And it became almost a safe space, you know, when people would recognize me and ask about the podcast and my journey and um, it, it became a safe space to talk. And I love that actually, you know, it kind of felt like therapy driving around. Um, you know, I got to meet some really cool people. Um, I didn't love staying up until four in the morning, but man, I, I had no choice. It was, it was Uber or start applying for jobs and I did. I started applying for jobs. I did my resume, you know, for the first time in a long time. I thought maybe this whole thing won't work out, but at least I gave it a shot. Um, but I'm someone that's never quit on my dreams, and so I sucked it up for those two, three months and was Ubering around. Um, And I'd say that was, you know, some some of the toughest things that I went through. Just kind of. Having 500 bucks to my name and and not knowing if this was going to work. I happened to Uber. And then really for the first time, my addiction started creeping back into my mind. Um, I'm about to hit 11 months sober here in a couple days on January 4th, which means February 4th. Is one year sober, Which is crazy to me. But it had been a while since I struggled with. Um, not drinking. And I miss it man. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I love. Absolutely love being buzzed. And I'm not a bad drunk. I'm not a angry person. Um, I just. I love being buzzed, and, you know, I think I had my first drink when I was 12, probably, you know, got drunk for the first time by 15, and then, you know, started, you know, drinking routinely at 18, where, you know, became my go-to for when I was happy, sad, depressed. All the time, um, and so for me, it, it it was a struggle to 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 stop drinking. It took me three or four times to finally quit. I remember posting when I for, finally did for like eighteen days and thought that was a big deal, and then a hundred days, and now I'm about to be at a year. But not every day's easy. Really, I'd say the hardest the hardest times with being sober have been the first month. And then really the last two to three, and I'm not going to drink. I'm not worried about doing it, but it's the thought in my mind of like missing the buzz or missing the addiction, you know, missing being fucked up. Like I miss it. And it's so weird to think about and to talk about because I just lived in that state for 10 years and it took me a long time to accept that I was an alcoholic I think I came to that realization a couple months ago. Um, cause just, I, I, the last, I drank almost every day the last eight years. And I would say the last five were the worst for me. Um, and I wasn't really sure if I was an alcoholic and then, you know, because I'm not I'm not somebody that woke up at at 8 a.m. and cracked a beer and had to have beer in my system all day. I was the type of alcoholic that my life was planned around alcohol where I would get off work at eleven thirty and not straight to the bars and it is on. And for me I think I I drank Monday through Saturday for really eight years. I would say the, the heaviest came from 2016 to 2022. um, And I would say in that time frame, I drank f- at least five nights a week and on average i probably had s- probably 6 to 10 beers and 3 to 5 shots every night now that's average so like some nights i might only have four beers on the couch and no shots but there were some nights where i had you know i was at the bars or the clubs and all fucked up and had 10 12 beers and and 6 to 8 shots and I just rinsed and repeat and lived in this state because I was addicted to the buzz. And, and it's wild to think I'm about to be a, a year sober. So if anyone out there is listening and can relate to that feeling of like feeling alone and just needing a companion and using that buzz to, to get by in life, please know it's possible. Those first couple weeks, the month, the, like two months are going to be really hard. And then you're going to figure out how much – Greater life is without the alcohol, without the drugs, without the addiction. It just, it changes your life because you might be tired. You might be a little worn out, but you're not hungover. You're like, you can, you're just so motivated to go do what you love and, and get done what needs to get done and work your ass off. And that's where I'm at. But you do have times that struggle. I mean, I have a really hard time sleeping now. Um, I I... I I used to drink every single night to go to bed, and so for me, I've been struggling with with <laughs> getting up earlier now for work and 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 not getting enough sleep and trying to fall asleep. You know, I am embarrassed to admit this, but I want to you know be honest because you guys are on this journey with me. But like, I probably spent a month, month and a half um, abusing Benadryl, like literally using Benadryl to get high. Or, or to get a buzz, to, to try to fall asleep because, you know, it's it's a, it makes you drowsy. um, and, and because I've, you know, drank so much alcohol or, you know, have a high tolerance for other stuff for, from, you know, being a partier my whole life, you might take two Benadryl and it helps you fall asleep or make you drowsy. For me, you know, I was taking five, six, seven, eight because, like, I – my, my body just like, my tolerance is so high, even without drinking for, (laughs) you know, six, seven, eight months. Um, and so like a month and a half, I was doing that every single night, um, to try to help myself sleep. And then I like would find myself, you know, fighting the drowsiness because I kind of felt maybe a little buzzed, um, (laughs) trying to stay, you know, trying to stay awake, and and then so I, I i stopped doing that and then you know i started you, you know using sleeping pills which you know just over the counter from from your you know CVS or Walgreens and it, it helps but it's the same thing where it's like because i abused my body for so long and you know uh you know was addicted to that buzz and just could could drink and drink and drink i you might be able to take you know two melatonin or two sleeping pills and I have to take like six to eight to feel anything, and so for me, I've had the internal struggle recently, where I've um, I've thought about you know drinking again, or I've thought about you know being drunk again, and I don't know why I'm getting emotional now, um, but what you guys don't see. On the podcast episodes or don't see on Instagram and I've tried to be more vulnerable and open up as much as I can but I sometimes I keep some stuff inside is that I you know I do feel alone sometimes and I do struggle with wanting to drink again or you know the holidays are so tough for me so hard for me Thanksgiving Christmas New Year's it's the first time I've ever been sober since I was probably 18 on any of those. Um, and so I uh, used, used to use drinking as a distraction from that feeling of being alone and being single. I didn't have it anymore. And so I had to like, you know, face reality. And, you know, thankfully, I uh, you know, since I had to check into a hospital, you know, less than two years ago for being suicidal and going to therapy and learning coping mechanisms and recognizing – when I'm struggling and knowing how to get out of those funks, you know, I have the tools in my toolbox to get through those moments. Um, but it's still fucking tough sometimes. And for, and for me, I've been alone, you know, pretty much, you know, my whole life. And so what's – I guess the reason why I'm telling you guys all this is because I have you. Like, you. like the mental game – and the listeners and the followers have turned into, you know, my companion. And so if there's anyone out there that's struggled with alcoholism or suicidal thoughts or, or depression, anxiety, you hate the holidays, you're feeling lonely, you, you just feel down. Like, get up. I promise if you put in the work and you look at that person in the mirror and say, I am good enough, I I love myself, I can feel better, I can be happy, you will. You got to put in the work. You got to put in the work, but I promise it's worth it. I never would have imagined I would ever be happy again when I was suicidal and depressed and, found, and felt down and knocked out, but I, man, my life's fucking changed so much. I'm sorry for using the F word. My mom's going to text me about it, but... I my life feels so much better um, and I do feel happy but just because you feel happy doesn't mean you can't have low moments and so I guess that's what I'm trying to say is that while this has been the best happiest most exciting powerful impactful amazing year of my life I still have moments and that's okay I just got to know how to get through those moments and to use the tools that I have and it's been a a journey but guess what I'm going to keep going and I hope you do too and and I want to remind any of you that that are listening that if you do see someone struggling or you notice yourself struggling maybe you feel more sad or angry or you don't want to go work out or go hang out with your family and friends or go to your favorite team's games or whatever, you're not just being yourself. If you're not being yourself, something's wrong and you gotta ask for help. Um, And that's where I want to guide you to my friends at the Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation. They have training, support resources, and many, many ways to be a suicide prevention advocate for you, yourself or to help your family and friends, loved ones, someone you know that needs needs that help. I've been there myself. So, so please, if you do need it, or someone you love needs it, don't be afraid to reach out for help or, or, or to tell them about the Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation at ohiospf.org. Again, that's ohiospf.org. Um, reaching out for help is the best thing that I ever did. It was really tough. It was really, really tough. But it's the best thing that I ever did. So please don't be scared to ask for help. Um, updated my mental health, my sobriety. Um, thank you for listening and being part of my journey. I almost cried, but I didn't. Which is okay if you have to cry. I'm not going to on this episode though. We're, we're past the hard part for me. But I'm getting ready for the craziest, coolest I've ever done the mental game tour I cannot tell you how many emails when I say hundreds if not thousands so many emails and so many of you in my dms and emails and, and helping make this possible but I am literally going to drive myself and my photographer Chris to 30 states in 30 days starting next week on January 9th into Kentucky. And it is going to take me all the way through Pittsburgh, New York, Connecticut, the Carolinas, Baton Rouge, Oklahoma City, Dallas, Chicago, and finish off back home in Cincinnati February 7th. I can't believe I'm doing this. I am an idiot for doing this. Um, But in a good way. Um, It's going to be so cool. I I have met with so many of you and complete strangers planning this tour. And it is going to be a really, really special moment for me. And And I can't wait to see all of you on the road. The mental game tour is going to work just like this. I I, I want to tell my mental health story, and I want to hear yours. I'm going to lead a, a, a mental health town hall and large group discussions in each city, at each school, college, community event. Wherever we are, I'll talk about mental health with you. It's really cool. It's going to be really powerful, and I can't wait to meet so many of you that have listened to the podcast that I just emailed randomly to say, hey, can I come talk at your your work or job or school or college? It's going to be very, very special. And, you know, I don't have a million-dollar budget to market the mental game and to put ads in front of you on Facebook and YouTube and TV and radio. So, I'm hitting the road and I'm going to be a door-to-door salesman. Literally, door-to-door, state-to-state. I mean, it's going to be a grind. It's going to be long and hard and tough, but I can't wait to do this. And I'm doing it because I want to help anyone out there that will listen. So, I can't wait to see all of you on the road. The Mental Game Tour, 30 states, 30 days road trip. Starts January 9th in Cummington, Kentucky um, and ends February 7th in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm so excited and I can't wait to see you out there. Um, a lot of them, a lot of the tour stops are at schools or colleges. So those ones will be private, but we do have some of the big cities where it'll be open to anyone and everyone that wants to come out. And it, even if I'm in a city where it is a private event, Please message me or email me, and we'll. I'll try to find a way to say, hey, when I'm in town. Um, you can find all of the information coming up here in a few days on mentalgamepodcast.com. That'll have every single tour stop, all the information. Um, some of the big cities that we're coming to that I know they're going to be public and, and open. Uh, New York City on January 20th. Uh, Chicago, Illinois, February 5th, Baton Rouge, January 29th, Um, where else? Oh, of course, Cincinnati, that is February 7th at Tin Roof in downtown Cincinnati, that is all ages, open to everyone, and we'll be celebrating a year of sobriety for me, and also the end of the Mental Game Tour, where I also will be getting ready right around then to announce... A very, very big event in Cincinnati. Again, all the dates, find them on social media, at Brandon Seho and at Mental Game Pods on social media. And then give me a few days, but very shortly after this episode, this solo episode is released, we will have every tour stop on mentalgamepodcast.com. And please say hi and come talk mental health when I'm in your city. Again, I just want to say thank you guys so much for for being a big part of this journey and helping motivate me to continue to build a mental game. I'm going on tour. I am working on my next big guest. As soon as I get off tour, I'll be going back to LA and to New York to shoot new episodes. And I truly believe the Mental Game can be the biggest mental health podcast in the world and the most impactful community to talk about mental health. It's already starting to build momentum Happy New Year. I love all of you, and I can't wait to see you on the road. Keep breaking the stigma. And just remember the two things that I always say about mental health. And I'm not a therapist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist. But I've lived through my own mental health journey. Two things I tell everyone about mental health. Number one, do something. Please do something. Call your mom. Call your friend. Tell your classmate, your coworker. Go to therapy, check into a hospital if you have to, like I did. Just please do something. And number two, if you don't remember anything else from what I said the last half hour here on this episode, please remember this. Feelings are temporary. Feelings are temporary. That is the single most important thing I've ever said. And I will continue to say, because you might not see it in these moments, when you're sad, depressed, suicidal, anxious, down, depressed. But I promise you, one day you will look back on these times and realize that those feelings were temporary and you can be happy again. All right. Thanks so much. Can't wait to see you on the road for tour. And uh, we'll see you back. I don't know what to say on a solo episode by myself with no guest. Uh, we'll see you right back here next time on The Mental Game. Mm-hmm.